0: Tell all the truth, but tell it slant. So writes the poet Emily Dickinson. That seems like dangerous advice these days when all many of us want from our politicians and news media is the unslanted truth. We don't want them to decide what we can handle, particularly when it comes to our health or our safety. These weren't necessarily Emily Dickinson's concerns, of course. But why offer this advice at all? Well, according to her, and I quote, the truth must dazzle gradually, or every man be blind. In other words, there are some truths, particularly about our own attitudes and behavior that are hard to face. These truths can blind us when we look at them head on. A story can sometimes give us the courage we need to approach our mirrors more directly, and then begin to change what we see. Jesus knew this. That's part of why he told parables, and so did the writer of our reading from Jonah. Both of today's readings are parables of a kind. Let's start with Jonah. Most of us know the first part of his story— God tells the prophet Jonah to go to Nineveh, the capital of Israel's sworn enemy, Assyria. The message, repent, or your city will be destroyed. Subtle, I know. We're not told at first why Jonah flees, but he does, and he ends up being swallowed by a great fish. And after three days in the fish's belly, remember, parable, satire maybe, Jonah asks God for a second chance. He receives it and then he goes and reluctantly does his job. The people of Nineveh repent. They immediately change their ways, so God decides not to destroy the city and gives them a second chance too. And it's at this point where we pick up our story. Here we find out why Jonah never wanted to go to Nineveh. You see, he wants them to be punished for their crimes. When God decides to be generous instead, Jonah cannot accept it. He doesn't want to live in a world where the bad guys aren't punished. When we're honest, neither do we. I mean, think about those we consider our enemies. Do we really want those who have harmed us or our country not to face God's punishment? In the shadow of a 9-11 anniversary, in light of the upcoming elections and whom we think should pay for their crimes? Just how generous do we want or even expect God to be? Jesus doesn't resolve these questions in today's gospel. If anything, he extends them. In his parable, a landowner hires a group of day laborers at various points throughout the day. At the end, he pays them all the same amount, the usual daily wage. Those who work the longest see this and complain because others who didn't work as long as they did receive just as much. And here the uncomfortable questions start again. The landowner asks, am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me or are you envious because I am generous? We don't like to think of this story in terms of envy, of course. No matter our response, we think we're being fair. But before we judge anyone in this story, it may help to consider how our own work lives shape what we see. Think about it for a moment. Whom do you identify with in this story? Those of us at the top of the economic food chain might not appreciate anyone second-guessing our payroll decisions. We might identify with the owner and think there's no case for injustice here at all. For those of us who work for someone else, though, or have a steady work history, or those of us who know what it feels like to work all day out in the heat, we might see ourselves in the early workers instead and think that it's only right, only just for them to question their employer's fairness then there are those of us who are unemployed now, whose hours are never guaranteed. Sometimes what we are paid bears no relation to what we actually need, and we might identify with those hired last and praise the owner's generosity as an expression of ultimate justice. My point, what we see, what we think is generous, depends in part on where we stand whom we're listening to some might say that none of this economic reality here on earth matters in the end that the parable is it's just about the kingdom of heaven well it is about the kingdom but if the kingdom of heaven potentially includes all of us then all of our perspectives matter and no one gets to claim all of the truth if we're ever going to hear, much less tell, all the truth, then we need to account for everyone. Putting the uncomfortable truths of these parables together, the real questions begin to emerge. Are we in any position to set conditions on the generosity of God to say with Jonah who does or who doesn't deserve a second chance from God? Or in terms of Jesus' parable... How exactly is it unjust for everyone to get what they need? What do we, as followers of Jesus, really, what do we lose by God being generous? Is a God bound by our paltry expectations of fairness even worth serving? These are big questions, and we're not going to resolve them all here. But there is some good news to hold on to. In an age where every attempt at truth is questioned and no narrative is accepted by all, we have not been abandoned to an endless game of self deception and lies. When we read scripture and encounter passages like these, we can find the courage to look into the mirror honestly and begin to change the only people we're able to change ourselves. We can look at our attitudes about who deserves what and stop trying to be God's quality control. We can think about how we treat those whose work stories don't match our own. We can begin to act differently. When we give up the need to set policy for God, when we face honestly the limits of our own compassion and generosity, and when we listen deeply to each other, with an openness to a God who is bigger than all of us, then yes, it turns out we can handle the truth. Amen.